Evening everybody, Lee here. Uh, our regular listeners will know that we recently did a Supernatural Stories episode, or not, depending on your beliefs. Uh, but it seems to have gone down quite well, and we've spoken to a few people who said they've got interesting stories of their own. So, as we tempted the idea at the end of our last episode, we're going to do a follow-up at some point. So if any of you have uh, stories of your own that you think would be interesting, that you wouldn't mind us sharing with the listeners... Uh, feel free to either record them and email them over to us at info at welcometohorror.com or otherwise you can type them out and send them to us and we will read them out on the show. Uh, If you'd rather not use your name, we will use your first name otherwise, but if you'd rather go under an alias, include that in the message and we'll be sure to use that. Thanks very much and enjoy the show. Good evening and welcome to Horror. I'm Lee. I'm Chris. I am Adam. And we are here this evening full of spoilers and swearing to cover the amazing film, spoiler alert, 1963's The Haunting. Uh, we've, Not we've... to be confused with 1999's The Haunting. No, yeah. it was yeah, lucky you mentioned that. Gash. <laughs> Um, I did. I was dis- discussing earlier today, actually, with Darnie what we were covering this evening. And I said we were covering the whole. And he said, I "Hope you're going to bring up that from 1999 at some point." I said, "Oh, don't worry. It'll, <laughs> it'll come up. It'll <laughs> we'll be covering yeah. it at some point." Um, yes. So we are here for this movie. It's 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 a film. I feel we've talked about a lot in the last mm. 170 episodes because it's such a solid classic. Um, and thank you very much to Claire, actually, for bringing us back on track and reminding us that we are a horror podcast and we haven't done any truly scary shit in a while. Uh, I feel we have definitely <laughs> rectified that with this movie. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, Chris, what did you make on your first viewing of The Haunting? All right, well, first I'm going to say I don't recommend eating something that may or may not be chalk that's appeared on the wall <laughs> during the night. Yeah. Just, you know. Because <laughs> they, they, they never tell you what that is, either. No. So, <laughs> um, yeah. First of all, it is chalk, but it might not be. So, yeah, there, there is that. Um, but, yeah, like this is really well shot. I mean, the house looks amazing mm. um, inside and out. The settings are fantastic. I want that. Um, Jennifer said to me, I'm almost gutted it's not in colour because I want mm, to see all that vibrant yeah. beauty. But, yeah. you, you, know it's, you know it's over here, don't you? No, mm. this this is something that sort of is a weird thing. Basically, this is a British film. Mm. Um, so it's an American director, two American actors. Everyone else is British, and the house is Ettington Park in Warwickshire, ah. and it's a hotel. You can go and stay. Oh, go. oh shit. Well, no, I'm going there. That, that is good to know because at the haunted house available in the world and this would classify as as i think well apparent apparently as you'd imagine it's a hotel that's also a former manor house Mm. they also reckon it is haunted 
Yeah, they, okay. They've got they've got a grey lady. They've got a monk. Um, they've got a soldier. They've just got loads of supposed ghosts. But yeah, so it's, I'm going to say though, I hotel. don't think I will see any of them. That <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm fairly sure certain that, but <laughs> but it, I think it would still be great. And and it's funny, I've never really had the thought that I wanted to do something like that before. But it's like no, actually, I think that'd be good fun. Because this is the weird thing. It's Robert Wise who directed it. Um, who did like he did like the sound of music he did right. um, the first Star Trek movie yeah. Um, okay. so yeah Star Trek motion picture Day the Earth Stood Still mm. West Side Story the Andromeda Strain yeah. which I watched the other night it's fucking brilliant but that, <laughs> well, he's, he's definitely skillful I mean it really <laughs> yeah. was, it, like some some of the oh, shots yeah but he's one of those well, he's one of those directors yeah, who just seems yeah. to have done everything. You know, usually now it's especially you get people tend to sit in a specific genre, genre yeah. or specific. Whereas, yeah, Robert Wise just mm. was a filmmaker, so he yeah. wanted to do. And I think this was what he did. He did this after West Side Story, so it was like, right, I've done a musical. I want to scare the shit out of people. And I was, um, I was trying to think what it like kind of reminded me of. I mean, I guess I would say Alfred Hitchcock. I don't know yeah. if that's because it's we haven't seen that many black and white, but. Yeah, it had that kind of a feel. It, you know, it's like you're watching something. Yeah, a serious piece of of film. Well, it's 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 quite nice that it feels modern because mm. am I going to have to make allowances for how this is shot? Yeah, because you tend to get stuff like the like Universal Dracula is very stagey. Mm, it feels yeah. like someone's filming a play. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Whereas I think this, we said that before. Yeah, no, it really. This is mobile. The camera's mm. every fucking where. Yeah. And I, yeah, it really helps. I love that change in shots as well. So they did obviously mm. the kind of locked camera shots for the um, for the dialogue and stuff. But yeah, yeah, whenever the ghostly stuff was happening, it was hands-free it's... camera. Yeah. It, yeah, you say it was all weird angles and yeah. weird things it was focusing well, on and it just looked like it just puts you on edge because it's so mm. weird it's fantastic well the set the set was all built so it would have all those weird sort of angles and actually the thing mm. claire watched it with me and the thing she pointed out is how cluttered the sets are mm. in that everyone in it is in that set there's always stuff in front of them to the side of them everywhere <laughs> Yeah. it's not it's it kind of suits the house because yeah. it is an old victorian house like old knickknacks and bric-a-brac and stuff like that but literally there's barely a, there's barely a scene where someone is shot without something in the foreground yeah so they're you know yeah. it's so yeah. oppressive but at the same time it's mostly silent mm -hmm. there's very little in the way of music and unless there's actual ghost activity it's really quiet, but you've got this really oppressive visual. Mm. So you're sort of, you are trapped in there and it makes you uncomfortable. And the longer it goes <laughs> quiet, the more likely you are to be like, is something going to happen? Is something going to happen? It's a, mm. it's, it's a masterpiece yeah. of uh, like, I know we've, we've said it before, but it is a masterpiece of minimal filmmaking. I know that was why mm. kind of we wanted to cover it because it's one of the few films that's, like genuinely got, a, as you say, like a scary atmosphere. It is genuinely yeah. a scary film, but not, like, apart from the bending door and the writing on the wall, you see absolutely yeah. nothing, mm. but it is so good. It's so mm. well built with the suspense. Um, 
it's it's just an absolute masterclass in in a, a haunted house film. It's got yeah, building tension, mm. and it progresses throughout. And it, as Eleanor, you know, starts to change and kind of lose herself, like she's falling in love with the house, but also losing her mind. Mm. And, yeah. and yeah, as that sort of builds towards the end, it's yeah, it really builds intensity. Because it's kind of like it is like a breakdown. Yeah, yeah, which was interesting that they sort of covered that so well. I I wasn't really expecting mm. that so much for the yeah. I mean, I know nineteen sixty three isn't really that long ago, but um, sixty yeah. years. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. You know, a sixty year old film that can still yeah, you know, make you uncomfortable mm. and make you sort of it can build tension and be scary. Yeah, well, I was wondering yeah. whether it was meant, like, was it just psychological that they were thinking it? But then, of course, there are parts that happen where it's like, no, it is meant to be actual. Well, this, there is something ghostly happening. Well, apparent, apparently when the scriptwriter, um, what was his name, Robert Gidding, I think, um, mm. he was, he basically at one point said, oh, so she's having a breakdown. So mm. the house is the hospital that she's in and all the other characters are staff and patients. Uh, and that was kind of going to be a okay. reveal that he was going to put in. And he spoke yeah. to Shirley Jackson, who wrote the book that it's based on, The Haunting of Hill House. Right. Um, and she basically said, no, it's uh, a really haunted house. Uh, it's not okay. symbolism or anything. It's a haunted house. So That's they sort of went, yeah, fair enough. We'll, we'll just... Um, and apparently the haunting was her title. It was the other title that she had for the book. Because mm. they were like, the haunting of Hill House, that's a bit too long for a film. Okay, mm. yeah, yeah. You know, and so on. So Yeah, okay, that's interesting. I think that's so, why it draws you in. It is, it's like a real haunting in the, mm. to the people who are there who are experiencing it, it's totally real. Yeah. But it's mm. very easy to just go, all right, so there was some banging and there was a space where you felt a bit cold and it's very easy, which is, you know, which I think is why it's so compelling because it does show that how, if you're in that, if you're in that situation, you could be totally convinced by something, but when you try and explain Mm, it to someone, it doesn't come (laughs) across, which, you know, I know we've mentioned in our least haunted and when we re Mm. re reevaluate that and come back to it again in a couple of weeks, We'll kind of say the same thing, but it, mm. it, and this whole film totally hinges on their react that the actors' reactions to things mm. that we can't see or feel. Yeah, but yeah, they definitely. sell it to such a fantastic degree. Mm. Um, was, I mean, the key the key example of that is that one bit where where it's. I mean that that is one of the f- most compelling bits of film is where they're in the bedroom and there's the banging. Yeah, approaches, comes back, and appro- and already for a start, I am pleading with them not to open the door. Yeah. And again, <laughs> this film is sixty fucking years old, mm. and I'm still going. No, don't open that. I don't want to know. I'll, I'll, I'll die in ignorance. I'm quite no, because usually, <laughs> especially especially sort of like monster films and things like that, you're like, oh no, show us the fucker. Yeah. I want to see the demon. I want to see the guy. In this, I'm like, no, I'm perfectly happy to die in ignorance. I don't want to see it. It's fucking terrifying. But when they say it's above the door, yeah, and there's nothing there. Mm. No, but, but it's you but it's put it's it the, there. But it's the building of the sound and the way the camera mm. zooms in that gives you the impression that there's something there that you you, you can't see. Like, mm. it, and but it still, as you say, fills you with dread and gives you that. Don't do it. 
don't open the door like go and hold the door shut if anything like just yeah but yeah but it, it does it with nothing and this this would work perfectly for an independent this is what independent filmmakers need to be watching because mm. this can be made you could make this on your fucking phone and then just edit in a bit of yeah that's interesting because yeah. you don't need anything but it wasn't written that way because it was written as a book so it was never mm. made in mm. a like we can't we can't show it and we can't do the special effects it was mm-hmm. written purely as a book, but it it's an absolute perfect example of just build the tension. You don't need anything else apart from the people's reactions to things that Yeah. Having I've so I've read The Haunting of Hill House hmm. and actually I will pop down to the vault at some point and give you a breakdown on Shirley Jackson hmm. and the house. Hello, this is Adam down in the vault, and I've got some information for all you lovely people about Shirley Jackson. An American author who's credited as the pioneer of modern Gothic. Um, She was unable to satisfactorily complete a biography of herself for her first novel, so her husband wrote one. And this is the original draft, which I think gives you a flavour of uh, Shirley Jackson. She plays the guitar and sings 500 folk songs, as well as playing the piano and the zither. She also paints, draws, embroiders, makes things out of seashells, plays chess and takes care of the house and children, cooking, cleaning, laundry, etc. She believes no artist was ever ruined by housework or helped by either. She is an authority on witchcraft and magic, has a remarkable private library of works in English on the subject and is perhaps the only contemporary writer who is a practising amateur witch. Specialising in small-scale black magic and fortune-telling with a tarot deck. She is passionately addicted to cats and at the moment has six. All coal black. So, yes, uh, very few people who are credited as a uh, practising amateur witch in their uh, biography within their... Certainly back in, back in those days. Um, she gained notoriety and acclaim in equal measure for her incredible short story, The Lottery which was first published in The New Yorker in 1948. On first publication, both Jackson and The New Yorker received over 300 letters, mostly addressed to the lottery lady, ranging from the baffled to the abusive. Such was the shock that it caused. The New Yorker also suddenly had a number of subscription cancellations from outraged readers. The same year, she published her first novel. She went on to write five more novels, over 200 short stories, two memoirs and four books for children, including an account of the Salem Witch Trials. She met her husband, critic Stanley Hyman, while they were both at Syracuse University in New York. Hyman had read a short story Jackson had printed in the university magazine and exclaimed, Who is Shirley Jackson? Because I am going to marry her. But don't be too fooled by this romantic story. He was also a serial adulterer who forced her to agree to an open marriage and generally seemed like a bit of a prick. Um, They had four children. And if you can find it, there is a lovely segment on the series Clive Barker's A to Z of Horror. Uh, S is for Sorceress in episode two, uh, where her four children speak about growing up with her and some of her more witchy practices. Um, Shirley was the primary breadwinner in the household, although Hyman maintained control of the finances and would portion out her earnings to her as he saw fit. As well as her writing, she was raising the children and running the household. Apparently, Hyman's modern ideas may have encompassed open marriage, but didn't seem to encompass hands-on parenting or the sharing of household chores. As I say, bit of a prick. Uh, 
The family settled into the small village of North Bennington, Vermont, where Hyman took an instructor's job at Bennington College. The family were treated with suspicion by the conservative townspeople and Shirley, a perennial outsider, found she was not taken seriously as an author in local academia because she was also a mother and ran a household, but had too much of a career to be part of the wives of faculty group, even though she wouldn't have wanted to join that anyway. In later years, she became dogged by ill health, with her heavy smoking contributing to chronic asthma, as well as fainting, dizziness and joint pain attributed to arterial sclerosis and heart issues. She also suffered from anxiety, for which she was prescribed barbiturates, and was also diagnosed with colitis. Her anxiety began to manifest as agoraphobia, although this began to respond to psychiatric treatment. Sadly, she died in her sleep at home, most likely of cardiac arrest, at the age of 48. In 2007, the Shirley Jackson Awards were established, which recognise outstanding achievement in suspense, horror and dark fantasy literature. Previous winners include Neil Gaiman, Stephen King, Jeff Vandermeer, Priya Sharma and Rob Shearman. All of Shirley Jackson's uh, short stories and novels are definitely worth looking into. She's an incredible writer. Um, I've also read We Have Always Lived in the Castle, which is just fantastic as for the haunting of hill house there are certain changes uh in its adaption into the haunting uh mostly this is that the events take place over 11 days rather than the three that we see in the film so there are a certain number of supernatural events that change or are left out of the of the film but it does mean that it has a greater impact although it works so much better in the book to give you that constant build of dread um, there's much more uh, takes place in the grounds of Hill House uh, including a brook that uh, Eleanor and Theo find which has a lot of ghost activity and uh, so on and so forth the there are a lot of character names are changed um, one of the main differences is that uh, Grace Montague or Grace Markway as she is in the film that's Dr Markway's wife rather than the sceptic that she is in The Haunting, is actually as obsessed with the supernatural as her husband, but goes about her research into it in a less scientific and much more traditional sort of way, automatic writing, that kind of thing. Anyway, this is a brief enough moment of me in the vault, and I will now hand back to us in the future. Good luck with it, gentlemen. Love the show. Boom. There we go. Um, but. Um, this is an absolute, this should be like a fucking case study for filmmakers of how mm. to adapt a book. Yeah. Because they both work on equally the same level. There are differences, but it's so right to the feel of the book mm. that you get from the book, but it's done as a film. The book works on a literary level whereas the film works on a cinematic level and, you know, they are practically perfect, you know, it's sort mm. of, but again, this is like, this is how you should do it basically <laughs> in so many ways. It's funny because the, I think the perfect companion piece to this is the legend of Hell House um, mm. because they're effectively the same story instead of, people from a medium background it's scientists but effectively it's exactly the same story yeah that's, that's the one we watched yes we that, yeah yeah and that's the same the book and mm. the because adam bought me the book thank you adam mm. um which i'd never read and the book and the film 
yeah, a, 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 off close enough. Yeah. They definitely have their variants. Like they know what works in one and doesn't work yeah. in the other. And they can't, and, and it does exactly the same. It, it takes the story and just makes it so perfectly realistic. Um, mm. Yeah. And, and just anything that it knows won't convert from the written page into showing mm. you, it just drops out and swaps for something else. And, and it's, it, it's absolutely, it's a brilliant, piece of screenwriting yeah. taking a book and saying right this won't work so let's not try and push it or make it hokey let's just swap it out for something else and work for something that works in this medium but doesn't in that one mm. and, and i think that's got to be a really difficult thing to do especially with a book that you love enough to have turned into a film to let things go that you really care about but go mm. you know what it, it's it's going to screw the movie and it's going to make it hokey and it's not going to work yeah. yeah, I mean, so what happened was, is Robert Wise was coming off of, um, like I say, coming off of um, West Side Story. So he's won two Oscars at this point. Mm. And frankly, the fact that he doesn't get an Oscar for this is a stain on humanity. Yeah. But um, it's technically a war crime, as far as I'm concerned. But um, <laughs> And then MGM, he, he had like one one movie left with them and he said well i want to do this adaption of the haunting of hill house and they offered him like a million to do it and then he found out that if he went to mgm england because they had like a subsidiary over here they offered him slightly more money and there's a thing and at the time there was a thing called the ed levy uh, or levy which is um basically it was like a box office tax that went back into british film it was to try and keep british filmmaking going and mm. so if you filmed it using if you basically you qualified as a British film as long as you filmed it over here and there were only two, I think it's like two or three non UK resident wages going out in it. Yeah. OK. So, um, so. So basically, yeah. So they got a bit of extra money to do it over here. But that's why it's packed full of British actors. Mm. Um, it's only. um it's only Julie Harris who plays Eleanor and Russ Tamblin who plays Luke, who mm. are American. Uh, by the way, you know you do know that's Dr. Jacoby, don't you? What? Luke in this, that's Russ Tamblin, that's Dr. Jacoby from Twin Peaks. Fuck off. Yeah. Really? You just thought you just thought that Dean Stockwell had fucked Andy Circus <laughs> and produced this boy. But no, that is Dr. Jacoby. From fucking Twin Peaks. <laughs> so I didn't spot that, but I did spot that uh, John uh, John Markway. Um, I'd mm. be very surprised if that's not uh, Pinball Bobby's dad, because he looks exactly like Pinball Bobby the whole way through this movie. I thought that was well, worth. Well, the only thing that may remove that is that actor is called Richard Johnson. I literally watched an episode of Thriller last night with him in it, and oh, nice. he is and he is still just so suave, <laughs> and. Um, but he is, and this is a, a word you don't often hear with a man balling up Upminster. So, no, yeah. He was born yeah. in Upminster. Yeah, he's Upminster born and bred is Richard Johnson, but also he's the dad in the Monster Club, you know, the the bit with, um, oh, fuck, Donald Pleasance, where they're the vampire hunters. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's the dad. You know, the dad who's, the, uh, spoiler alert, the dad who's a vampire. That's him. Um, he's also in 
uh, zombie flesh eaters. He's in loads of like really good horror films. That has fucking blown uh, my mind. I did not realise that it was him at all. Yeah. Uh, but like I say, yeah, so there's so it's only Russ Tamlin and like so it's only Luke and Eleanor who so Claire Bloom's English. Mm. Um and uh Rosalie Cl- Crutchley who plays the housekeeper, she's like um she's I, I think she only died fairly recently. She's been in stuff right up until like up until now, but like loads of British telly and stuff like that. And the groundskeeper, who we only ever seem to see valentine dial not doing his real voice because yeah, he's valentine in dial. yeah valentine dials the 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 you know the the oh, uh yeah, groundskeeper when they yeah. get there but we only ever see valentine dial doing an american accent because the only other time he's appeared on the podcast was when we did um city of the dead yeah a horror hotel oh my God, so. yeah. <laughs> Holy shit. yeah it is. so so yeah pretty much so technically the haunting is a british film hmm it's an American director, but it's all English. It's a pretty much English, pretty much English cars, pretty much English crews filmed all over here. I mean, the yeah. bit where she's coming out of the parking garage, that's near the Barbican. Yeah. <laughs> so it's really weird that you've got London doubling up for like Boston. Yeah. But it's what it's they just... do now with Canada because they give so, as you say, the same thing, so <laughs> many tax breaks. Everything is Canadian made and shot in Canada. But yeah, it, it, it funded by Hollywood, but it's all fucking shot in Canada. Yeah, but it's um, not only that, but also we t- we tick another Rob Zombie quote off the list. Oh. Now that made me laugh. So <laughs> when he made that quote, Jennifer went ah and stared at me. She said, literally three sentences before that, she'd finally clocked who he was and was just about to say. I'm sure he does a bit in a Rob Zombie movie. And at that point, he suddenly yeah. said, the supernatural is something that isn't supposed to happen, but it does happen. And she went, oh, yeah. fuck. Yeah. From, <laughs> from Supercharger Heaven, the white zombie song. Mm-hmm. Also, and I didn't know this, the, um, the uh, you know the Ty West movie, House of the Devil? Oh God, yes! Talking about that it, last night with Dean, love that. Film. It's called it's called House of the Devil after the French title for the haunting, ah. La Maison du Diable. Mm. So that's where he got that title from. So again, you know, remarkable sort of levels of influence and stuff like that. Yeah. Oh, but, nice. oh, but I mean, it's such a lot of it's such simple stuff. Mm. Like the door is literally a door made of laminate wood. And a big burly guy is pushing it from the other side, <laughs> yeah. but it looks so good. Yeah, and it and it looks the weirdest part is it looks like it breathes. Yeah, and I haven't seen anything that eerie. Sit, you know, this side of the video cassette in Videodrome, <laughs> you know, where that's breathing on its own, and yeah. that's clearly made to look as icky as all fuck. But actually, a door doing it is so much more upsetting. Because it's an apparently solid thing that's just doing that, you know. It's sort of, and it's such a classic ghost. I know I mentioned it before, but it is. It's such a classic ghost thing of like, it's cold spots and it's noises mm. that you can't see. And although when you think of horror, yeah, you think of old black and white gothic house, and but there aren't that many that really do it that well that it should be that firmly set in our minds. But this film is definitely an absolute staple of what created that 
that idea in all of our minds is this film. It's such a fucking incredible piece of work. Um, and, yeah, and it's it's just it's been redone so many times. But then they try and overdo it, like they did with the remake. So, mm. yes, yeah, so what, what went wrong? everything yeah <laughs> they, basically they took the story but did the opposite so they yeah, didn't know okay. everything and it, it just so like so in this film as adam was saying uh previously which claire pointed out uh, there's always the cherubs faces and things that are always visible mm-hmm. and in the remake they had like a bed that had all the carved cherubs faces in it but at night they all spoke to her and moved and stuff yeah and okay. just it was like it had, it, had, it had taken the film and then ignored everything that actually worked in it. I mean, it was a fantastic cast. Mm. Um, uh, Liam Neeson, Catherine yeah. Zeta-Jones. Yeah, okay. Owen Wilson. Yeah. Like, mm. it, it, was, it was like a big Hollywood, but it was just such an absolute... And is that that's like not even just comparing it to this one, just on its own? On its own, it, it was yeah. rubbish. Oh. In in the week, I listened to I listened to a few I listened to a podcast of people talking. Uh, it was actually like a podcast about Shirley Jackson. The people on that mm. had not seen this version of the haunting, right. but they'd seen the other one and were just oh. like, "Well, that film's a piece of shit." <laughs> so how do you get from this book to that film? And it's like, mm. well, you sort of have to go by this brilliant film that you've not <laughs> seen, guys. I'm afraid, and you know, but. Because, I mean, like, for example, there's that bit where it's looking at the leaves in the wallpaper or like on the carvings on the wall. Oh, and you, the face. That's and there's not... a face in there, but there is not a face in there. Yeah. You have made that face in there and it lets you do that. Mm. Is that paradise? The... I think it's called paradolia, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, that's you it. You see faces where they're yeah. not. Uh, yeah, I thought the same. And it just, it let it linger for so long. It got to the point where you couldn't <laughs> not see the face. And it's yeah. just such a simple thing. But it works so incredibly. Yeah, yeah. It's I'd forgotten that, about that, Adam. Well, yeah, thank you. For but that that versus that versus the haunting remake, where that face would then crack a smile and give you a yeah. fucking song or something like that. You know what I mean? It's like, whereas actually the whole point is that is this in my mind? But yeah, I'm, it's subtle. I'm, I'm looking at this. It's, Powerful effect. Yeah, it's like coat on the back of the door stuff. Mm. Do you know what I mean? If the coat on the back of the door starts moving and floating around the room, then you've kind of ruined the tension of, <laughs> yeah. is that a figure or is that in my imagination? And similarly with those, there's a lot of stuff in this which I love is that it varies the, the case mm. where there's stuff in there that is, like I say, that's a face in the wallpaper, but it's not a face in the wallpaper. Mm. But there's definitely supernatural events taking place. Mm. And, and I mean, similarly, the, um, like the, um, the bit with the like the spiral staircase yeah they built that with like a cable down the middle of it and bits of it were attached to the cable mm. so they would they would tension the cable and it was a perfectly functioning set uh, of release steps. it a bit and, and then if they slapped it off bits of it yeah. would wobble and everything else like that and apparently like the director had to go up the staircase to prove to the rest. It was fine. Yeah. No, I bet it it did look. A hazard. But yeah, so when you see all that, that's not like, that's Mm. a genuine practical effect that's happening there and then as they're Mm. climbing up the damn thing. And they actually gave it a wide, um, like, banister so they could fit a little camera dolly on it. Mm. So that's how they get all those sort of shots of it going up and down and really fast and stuff. Yeah. And 
apparently uh, Robert Wise went to Panav uh, to Panavision to get a camera, and they were developing a wide-angled lens, but they hadn't finished developing it. And they said, no, you can't use this because we haven't stopped it distorting. Oh, right. And it like curves the image at the side, basically a, like a fisheye lens sort of thing. But yeah. They were like saying, oh, it curves and distorts at the edges. And he was like, perfect, that's what that's, I want. Yeah. And he actually had to sign like a legal waiver from Panavision so that they wouldn't, so they couldn't come well, back. And he say, wouldn't go back. Yeah. This looks shit. We're suing you. Mm. You know, they actually said like, you're doing this off your own back. We've told yeah. you this lens is not perfect. It doesn't <laughs> present correctly. The like way they the think image. it should, but actually, yeah, it was it gives what that he kind was. of vertigo image, yeah. like that kind of tunnel vision, mm. weird. Like, oh, it's, I, I mean, that that must have been like quite unusual, I suppose, for films for that I, time. I think certainly at the time, it was a very sort of like visually, yeah. I mean, still, I still think. It's, I mean, there's certain bits in it where there's like the bit where Eleanor's going, "Oh, I feel like I'm getting lost in the house," and it just goes mm. black. Yes. She's walking backwards, but the lights. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was and good. she literally mm. ends up in silhouette, and it's mm. done essentially live, but it's just so, just so well planned. So you know, it's, yeah, and on no budget, like that must have cost nothing to do, but it just mm. gives you such a, a, you know, like the the shiver up the spine. It's just mm. incredibly masterfully done, and and everything in this film is. I think it's. I, and I think that's why it goes fast so quickly. Like it feels like a much shorter film than it is because it's yeah, so it's nearly two hours, isn't it? Yeah, mm. but in yeah. my mind, I was like, oh yeah, it's it's an hour and a half at most because mm. it 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 doesn't feel it doesn't feel like a long film because you're so engrossed, you don't have any time to get distracted. Despite the fact, as we said before, you don't see anything. It's effectively just a group of people experiencing stuff that you don't. Yeah. Mm. Although although I thought it was really interesting when the actual ghost does appear and then it turns out it was Grace. Like so is, does that happen in the book as well? That's pre that's pretty much what what occurs, yeah. Because yeah, okay. like so, um cuz Grace is played uh, again British actors and everything. Mm. That's uh Lois Maxwell who was like Miss Moneypenny for the first like uh. 14 odd Bond films. Wow. Um, and funnily enough, I was when I was sort of like reading, I was just sort of like reading up about her. She did like some spoof Bond film and got paid more for that than she did <laughs> for the Bond films combined. So I don't think she was, <laughs> you know, I think they, they, they were a very successful group of films, but I do think that was because they paid everyone fuck all. Mm. So, but, but no, and um, at least she got something enough, out of it after. Interesting enough, in the book, she's, um, she's not a skeptic in the book. She's actually. Also, okay. like very into, but she isn't scientific like Mark Way. She yeah. is much more sort of the, the usual sort of things you would expect for someone who was interested in the supernatural. So she's doing like automatic writing and trying to do seances and uh, stuff like that. Whereas obviously, uh, Mark Way's coming at it from the sort of point of view of we just record and log everything, yeah, and somehow come to an explanation through that. Mm. Again, I, I like that as well. The fact that it doesn't, it doesn't push the supernatural element. It's the, mm. it's that we're just going to live in the house and just see what happens and record it. We're not going to 
poke the bear and we're not going to, you know, try mm. and get in contact. We're just going to mm. be in the house and just see what happens, if anything. And yeah, I think that's a really clever way of doing it rather than, yeah, like going out so gung-ho and like, right, on Monday we're going to do a seance and on Tuesday we're going to yeah. Mm. like just let's just experience it and see and if nothing happens nothing happens and then therefore the house isn't haunted and, and i do like the way that luke is obviously hoping the opposite of everybody else in the team that it turns out to all be nonsense because he yeah. financially got yeah yeah he's got a stake in it yeah but then at the end he's like no we should burn this down and then what is it salt salt, salt, salt yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, not only that, but also I just love the because I wonder how that would be done nowadays. In so much as would Luke actually be hopeful that it's going to mm. be haunted? Well, yeah, because that because probably the amount of money you get yeah. from having the first documented, scientifically proven haunting. Yeah, but you know, back in those days, it's probably a lot easier to pass it on. <laughs> yeah. He, let's face it, he wasn't going to go and live there or anything else like that. This is clearly not. How, how quickly can I punt this mm. fucking useless lump of <laughs> real estate out as fast as I can and I get did, leathered? I did love that line in it, actually, yeah, where it all starts kicking off and he turns around to Mark Way and says, do you want to buy this house? You, you, can, have yeah. <laughs> you can have it cheap. <laughs> um, actually, the other thing that with it as well is that obviously you've got the character of Theo who is clearly a lesbian which was quite a unusual thing for mm. for the time certainly for the time mm. but also the fact that that's it's not it's not a key part of the character it doesn't sort of be, but it is if you see what i mean yeah yeah but it's done with a great deal of awareness so the audience would be able to pick up on it without having to make it plain so Too there's obvious, probably, yeah. probably a number of people who saw it at the time who didn't never picked up on it yeah um but apparently there that was the one deleted scene i heard about is that they um you see her having an argument with her girlfriend like basically splitting mm. up because she mentions that she'd just left someone i think at one point um and um Again, yeah, that was like Robert Wise was like, well, we'll cut it out because it's everything else in this is quite subtle. So yeah. let's leave that to subtlety. But mm. I think it also works so well that you just then you keep Eleanor as your focus because mm. I don't think anything occurs pretty much without Eleanor being there. No. Other <laughs> characters go off and do stuff, but Eleanor is always she is the, the focus. focal point. Yeah. Mm. And that's another thing that was, you know, terribly in your face and awful about the, 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 91 remake yeah is that literally um eleanor comes in and meets Catherine zeta jones who plays the theo character yeah and one of the mm. first things she said is oh my boyfriend says this but my girlfriend says that like they just make it everything is so like dumbed down and just overplayed and just yeah do you, do you... it's really fucking difficult to do you feel it's like that quote from the second series of Sean show where it's like, we want thick people to get it this time. Mm. <laughs> so, you know, it's like, you know, the whole, the whole is good, but there's far too much subtlety for people, you know, 
and then of, and then of course they did the haunting of hill house the tv series which is pretty much nothing to do with the book but no. i think that that was a oh it's a franchisable name so we'll use yeah. it because it's an easier sell than it is but again i don't want that to i don't want either of those to supersede the haunting from 1963 because i think it's it's very it's still so fucking good and also still functions as a horror movie mm. we watch a lot of stuff you know i love hammer but i acknowledge that hammer is not scary for a modern audience or anything like that you know i mean funnily enough i was actually thinking the other day i could probably show ted dracula <laughs> you know because yeah. he's got all the bits of dracula that he likes without getting too sort of scary or whatever like that yeah whereas whereas this this is still genuinely worrisome mm, and that's yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, hundred percent. It's yeah. Um also, um obviously uh Adam, you mentioned before uh Shirley Jackson's uh The Lottery. So mm. you sent us the, the short film of that. Um Chris, what did you make of that? I think you quite liked it, didn't you? Yeah, you know, I didn't know anything about it aside from it's called Lottery and you're watching it and it's like, okay, what's going on here? It's just a a little town, they're collecting stones, a bit weird, all right, what's going to happen? And then, yeah, they all congregate and then they're doing a lottery, okay. And you kind of like, well, something bad is going to happen. And yeah, (laughs) I did think the stones are probably going to be involved, but, you know, it's sort of playing out and, and then... Uh, the old guy is complaining about all these, you know, new young ideas, like ruining everything. It's like, yeah. okay, this is it's getting kind of interesting. And then, of course, yeah, it, it turns at the end and you're like, yeah, it's, it's completely, you know, it's showing something about how insane some of how rituals and traditions have been. And when it's put in that context, it's like so obviously, well, that would be horrific. If, mm. if that was done and yet we are still doing some things that are you know probably should be changed but once they become ingrained in the psyche of the group it's like well if one person did that to someone they'd be awful lock them up straight away hate them you know but if the group do it the majority and they're all in mm. on it it's like well okay that's what we do so don't I think don't try and turn away from this it's it's also the sort of banality of it that it feels mm. like it's like a fucking car boot sale. Yeah, like it's also or a matter like, of fact you know, they're just going a, through these motions. Yeah, a swap meet. If I knew what yeah. one of those was, I don't know. Mm. <laughs> I've but, got to say, I I made some notes, and uh, yeah, and you're quite right, Chris. I'm sure the the message is far deeper, uh, but I did just write down that it was the most boring episode <laughs> of. Uh, Tales of the Unexpected I'd ever watched. I think only because they could have cut five minutes out of it, they didn't need to mention the surname of everybody in the town. Like, and that was it. Got I, th- to, I, th- I it, think it's because it's literally it is literally that's the story. Yeah, well, that's as, what, as filmed, and there's an, there's an example of how I, you don't adapt something. I assumed yeah, they were trying to make it, but then the story was trying to make it. This is as real as just watching this happen if you went mm. to one of these you'd be like yeah this is boring. Yeah, within like, 20 it's... minutes it goes from everyone in the town just rallying together and meeting up as you say almost as a kind of social mm. church event almost and then ends in someone's death within 15 but, minutes utterly brutal mm. oh it's fucking and, horrible and the fact yeah, like, that give, they're giving handing, the sun they're handing the sun yeah this is so what we do it's that's just it like and everyone's that... involved 
that story was published in 1948 mm. and it got no it got notoriety like i say i've spoken about it down in the vault at some point mm. so yeah yeah <laughs> It's funny, Dean said the same. I was discussing it with him last night because I was out with my brother and previous mm. guest on the show, Dean. Um, yeah, and he said he he felt it would have had bigger impact if he hadn't seen it covered by The Simpsons and somebody else previously. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I think he said it was Twilight Zone did it as well. Mm. So I think they did. Of, but yeah, in a more like lean, as we say, sort of cut version, so you mm. kind of get it very quickly. Um, and, and like, and I do think it's impactful, and I do think it was very well shot. And it, as you say, the end of it was very brutal and horrific. But yeah, it was just that you could have just done get Anderson, get Andrews, and then cut to well, there's you know the last two names in the thing. You didn't need to see all of it because it got to the point where I I was texting you guys because I was like <laughs> I'd gotten so bored. I was thinking of the show. Then I was thinking of things I should message you, and then I was texting <laughs> you, and they still mm. hadn't finished reading out names, and I was like, no, "This is too I, fucking long." I can guys. definitely see like watching <laughs> it again. Gave you admin time, yeah. <laughs> like a cab ride. <laughs> I've got to do a big shout out to the haunting. Sorry, the dash haunting dot com, which mm. is an incredible fucking website, which goes into this in so much detail. You could get lost on there for days. It's a genuinely great resource. Mm. And also a big shout out to Wesley for being the first person to show for this film. Mm. Yeah. Former guest, Wesley Smith. Excellent. We love you, Wesley. Thanks, Wesley. We really do. <laughs> right. So thanks ever so much for listening, everybody. Um, 100% definite, solid, recommend all round, I think, for 1963's The Haunting. Don't watch 1999's The Haunting unless, unless you're you know, a bit of a sadist. I've seen it three Masochist. times. I'm not going to lie. I've seen it and I hate it. But every now and again, I just have to remind myself of just how shit it is. So I'll watch it again. Um, not immunisation. <laughs> a bit like your BCG. So thanks very much for listening, everybody. Good night. Good night. Good night. <laughs> Chris waving like <laughs> a fucking loon. Oh, that was great. Hmm. Yay. Oh, I love this film. Yeah, well done, Claire, for uh, getting us yeah. back on track. Thank you. Yeah, excellent input. Well, I think absolutely nothing. <laughs>